I know what that face. Here's here's the thing, Scott, and I know you know this answer, but that's but the Ronnie '98 face. Yeah, the Ronnie when your face is when your face is that sunk, and we already know you have that much muscle. Even if you're down in quote size, you're just going to look bigger. Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 107. Of course, my co-host Dusty Hanshaw and our producer Scott McNally. And on today's show, we've got some off-topic stuff and we're going to break down the Olympia and give our useless opinions. Dusty, we're going to do it early this time and get it right. Like, yes. share, subscribe, you did it. comment. Ring the bell. Dusty, good job, Dusty. There you go. <laughs> I, see it. I feel like I can hang up as soon as I've done that. Like, I've done my impact. It's, it's what I have to really bring to the show because I just don't know that your guys' bell ringing swing is quite perfect. But You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was listening to uh, some Public Enemy the other day. Ooh. Good man. And... Chuck D was dropping like a heavy verse, and then Flavor Flaves, yeah, boy, <laughs> that was his entire contribution to the whole. But first you needed that after the song. It, it, yeah, you yeah. needed it. Yeah. So, so there. That know. reminds me of uh, remember that Saturday Night Live. I need more cowbell. I yeah, just, I'm gonna. Really, <laughs> yeah. Really explore the space. <laughs> I actually just I just showed Nikki that clip because I said oh, that yeah, one day and she just looked at me like I had three heads and I'm like, you don't know that clip? Oh, we have to do this now. So there's there's a handful of comedy clips that I've like made people watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you haven't seen this? This is important. Like you have to see this. And one of them is that skit with Christopher Walken. Like people don't get that era of Saturday Night Live with Will Ferrell and oh. and that whole crew, um, that was like kind of the end of the best era of Saturday Night Live to me. And then Christopher Walken is just such a badass actor that he's oh, just yeah. hilarious in that skit. <laughs> and that's one of the ones that and Will Ferrell's belly hanging out of the shirt it was key. It's a, every little thing. And then if you watch it multiple times, you have to watch each separate person for the entire thing to see how they how they're doing. Because it's right. difficult for them to keep it together. And Chris Catan, if you go back and watch it, Chris Catan can't. Like he's turning his head and he's like fucking like he's losing it. Yeah, he he's losing it. it. He can't. He's he's not gonna make it. He doesn't make it. He doesn't make it through the skit. Yeah. So that's a great one. And you know what another one is that I, I've sat many people down and shown them is uh, the Dave Chappelle, Rick James, like, oh, episode. Charlie Absolutely. Murphy stories. And they kind of break it into like three main sections. You know, you got to watch the whole thing. So that episode of Chappelle show is like, that's like a, a little like cultural bomb that you have to, uh, you know, you have to see. So everyone looked that up. For sure. Well, what's going on with you, Dusty? I have to ask, you're, you're embarking on these personal improvement missions, and I'm curious. So yes. you started the Rob Bailey like mentorship group? What is it? I need to know. Uh, so it's, he calls it clear, calculated, and vicious. And basically, it 
I guess that is the best way to look at it, like a like a mentorship type group. But really, what it what he's done so far is he's breaking down the steps he takes constantly uh, when he's approaching like new goals and stuff. Because I kind of found, um, for lack of better description, that where I've gotten is just living the way I live. I just do things and they work and whatever. And I think that sometimes when you think of financial success or the kind of like outside success, I guess you'd call it, a lot of times you look and it's like, well, I'm already doing that. But to reach another level, I realize, all right, well, I need to, you can't kind of wing it to take it where I want it to go. Um, but I, but I find most people don't, I don't really, I don't consume a lot of content. Um, and when Rob put out that he was going to do one, I vibe well with his style. So I was like, let me just see. Cause it was pennies to join. I want to say it was like 300 bucks for the month. And I'm like, Oh, well, if it's terrible, it's only $300. So, uh, and we've done two so far and really all what it has provided for me so far is just, uh, uh narrowing. Cause the most simple process that I found that he asked for is like, what do you want? And that sounds really simple, but when you kind of have an excess, like if somebody asked me what I want, like I realized I was like, well, shit, I don't know. Hmm. Like I don't need anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you have extra already and those types of things, plus I think mix that in with a near death experience, what matters to you alters. And so, I mean, it literally took me like two weeks to start narrowing down like, shit i don't know like because as much as people want to do it I, i've become less and less a materialistic person so like when somebody's like oh would you you know would you like uh this car or that car i'm like no <laughs> like, right you, you know what i'm saying like even with money i have now it's like no nah, i just prefer that that money is over here or being invested in things that make more money you know what i mean like so it really was difficult to kind of come up with, but he's helped do that. And then simultaneously, um, I decided once that got cruised and I realized like, I need a little more structure uh, right now because actually truthfully moving here and becoming involved in like kids' lives and stuff, I realized like I kind of lost focus on my stuff. Like I killing it on all the things I do every day, clients, business, stuff like that but like personal stuff kind of faded in the background. And for the first time ever, it was kind of difficult. All, I mean, I would train and I would eat, but not with really any goal, you know? So I said, screw it. I started uh, Andy Frisala's 75 hard program, which is essentially get ready for a bodybuilding show without a show. Um, right. You know, so it's real basic. I'll skim over it for people. So all you gotta do 75 days, follow a diet. Doesn't have to be a diet to get lean, but a diet no cheat meals, no alcohol. You got to do two 45 minute workouts every single day, but one has to be outside. Um, then you've got to read 10 pages of a book, take one progress picture every day. You know, real basic, I might be missing them, but that's the, the gist of the whole thing. And literally right. in like two days of just having forced structure again, plus working on uh, what I'm doing with Rob's group, everything went, it literally feels like contest prep now. Like, before you go to sleep the night before you like plan your whole day. And so coincidentally, like yesterday I was done with all my clients, all my work, both workouts, everything at like five o'clock. And I'm like, nice. Well, shit, that made me organized as hell. <laughs> like, 
like right you know right so it's pretty fun i'm, I'm enjoying it for sure um but it's it, it all is forcing me to because what you're looking at is like three-year plans 10-year plans um so that's why i put it up yesterday i think everyone could use something like that because it's not you know what it becomes depends on you hmm. you know so it's definitely been uh, an enjoyable tweak but i have to admit in a bad way it also made me realize like all right, a guy who doesn't care to compete probably is going to do it one more time just because I really like pain. <laughs> like, I missed prepping. Like As soon as I had to do cardio yesterday and didn't want to, I'm like, oh, I miss doing something I don't want to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny that you put it that way. I, I miss doing something I don't want to do. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's pretty awesome when you, know, you pretty much enjoy everything that you do all the time. You know? Yeah. And, um, but there is something, uh, about that one thing that you have to like grind out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you wonder how much it contributes to your overall sort of, I don't know, mental health as well. Like having that one thing, you know? Yeah. That's, that's like, exactly how I look at it. When you're, when you're doing it, like literally 10 minutes into doing it, you're like for a cheesy word, but it's empowering. You're like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's because stuff that you enjoy doing, like you could work 12 hours a day and it not require discipline. Yeah. Because it's fun. Like, let's say you get lucky and you're working 12 hours a day and you're just having a blast the whole time. There's no discipline required. Yeah. Right. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's good to always have that, that thing you're challenging yourself with so that you can like practice your discipline. And discipline really is stuff you don't want to do. That's what it boils oh, down sure. to. I mean, stuff that's super fun and awesome and doesn't even, you know, tire you out mentally or physically. It's, I mean, that's easy. So it's good to have something you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's cool about it that, uh, that a lot of people don't realize is part of the, so doing it outside is part of the, the issue. Because, for example, like today, it's raining. Right. Well, obviously, in any other time in my life, I'd be like, Oh, well, I'll just go do cardio inside. Well, then you right. didn't execute. So literally, then you, you have to stay. Okay, I didn't do the thing today. Um, which, if you're truly planning on completing it, anything you miss, even one day, you start over. So you'd be on day 70 of 75. If you don't do something, you fail. You're done. You can start so you over just put or a, you, you can just quit. Put a, you just put a rain jacket on and just go do your cardio? You yeah. yeah. Or whatever. It, and it doesn't have to be like it can be any sort of outside exercise. But of course, for us, if I just walk. I just get on the street and crank it out. But you know, I like that portion because, again, that's that's that empowering thing. Where any other time, what the human nature is to make everything easy. How do I make this easy? Yeah. You know. So, and I've it's something that you know we push this to our clients all the time. Like the the day that you don't want to train and you make yourself go, and all of a sudden it clicks into a nasty workout, becomes that workout you remember. And, yeah. you know, that's that's something that uh, Cormier taught me a long time ago when I was traveling a ton. He's like, anyone can train at home. But what do you do after an expo? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know yeah. how that is. I mean, we've had many of those workouts where it's like we just look at the gym and figure out what's available. It's like, all right, let's kick the shit out of ourselves with this. And we've been on our feet for 12 hours today, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. You're talking about doing cardio outside and I'm having these vivid memories of – my place in Edmonton because uh, 
I used to do my nighttime cardio when I got home from the bar. Right. So I would get home at like three in the morning, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I would mm-hmm. have 30 minutes of cardio left. I'd get home at three in the morning. I'd just go upstairs, change right back out the front door and do the lap around the park that I did that took 30 minutes. Right. And, um, and I just do it because it was all street lights and stuff. So I just walked the lap at, at like fucking three 30 in the morning, four in the morning. And if it was blasting rain, I would just put on my, I had this muscular development windbreaker. Nice. And I just put that, put that on cause it was waterproof and just pull the hood up and pull the little zip. Yep. And I just, and it hung down almost to my knees cause it was like a five XL. So <laughs> this crazy giant rain tarp I had and I would just fucking walk in that. Yep. And I did that a whole bunch of times. Yeah. So did you find though, when, when you were doing that, like, no, you're wrong. Oh, it was it's awesome. Like, it's like you, you get an extra level of like the, I, I used to always think to myself in prep and stuff, if I was doing something really hard, I'd be like, no one else is doing this shit. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, you do all that. You, that's that's what you tell yourself the whole time. And it's really actually I used to have a, a lot of fun doing it. I'd have my mm-hmm. music just cranked, you know. Yep. And um, yeah, and I, I used to really love that that late sort of, you know, the witching hour cardio. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, who's up at who's up at four in the morning out in the rain, you know? So, well, I want to get a property. I know that we've been talking about this for so long. And I don't know if you remember that I almost bought that fourplex right before COVID. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Aceto was like, I was talking to Aceto and I showed him everything. And he's like, this is a crazy deal. Like, this is good. And then there was some bidding war and I thought I was going to get it. And then at the last second, I got outbid. And I was like, ah, fuck, I lost it. And then, bam, the very first lockdown hit. And they were talking about tenants not having to pay rent and landlords getting stuck with mortgages and yep. just, and I was like, Whoa, okay. I'm just going to like go sit in my condo for the next year and a half and yeah. wait for the pandemic to fucking clear. You lucked out. Right. And that was actually like really good, bad luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because that way, I mean, you don't want your very first rental property to be a fourplex that you can't fucking get anyone to pay rent on. Yep. We could always move so, in. Worst case, you move in, uh, yeah. lose your condo, and now you just oh, need to fill God. three spots. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just brutal. So, so, yeah. So, you know, now I'm like, shit, let's, let's do this again. Let's get something going again, you know? So that's, that's what I want to do. So does, does Rob talk about, like, like, speci- like, how specific does it get? Like, I, I mean, the deciding what you want. So, so I take that to mean like, do you want to own real estate or do you want to have multiple businesses? Yeah, you but wanna... you, then you have to take it really, really narrow, like down to exact. So to give you an idea. Um, like I want two he, Airbnbs. He's extremely exact, including his own numbers and his own businesses hmm. out in the open in the group. So it's including hmm. his Airbnbs, things like that. It's, it's literally like an open book situation. Um, where he's just putting out a ton. And of course, me being me, what I loved is I did the math real quick and I'm like, cool, well, he made a hundred grand this month off of this group because there's 326 members or whatever it is. I'll pay him 300 bucks. And it's something where, you know, when you're getting value, like it's going to basically be like a six week thing and I'll just start over. Right. Um, and but the thing is, if you're smart, in my opinion, and you're doing well with it, 
well, I'm just not ever going to stop paying. It's 300 fucking dollars. Like, I don't care. And right. I still get value. You know what I mean? You're staying locked into it. It's also kind of giving me some ideas, even for clients and things. It's like, maybe I should have something like this that's free, but for my clients to where we can just have these powwows because not everyone is wired mentally crazy on their own. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but no, so, it's, it's definitely, so, I, I would, let me put it this way, Ron. I would absolutely tell you when he reopens it again to do it. Yeah. So I was just going to say, so you, you just get, wait, you, I just get put on a waiting list and then you get the email when it starts again or what? No, he's going to just post it up again. He figured it, you know, around a month, month and a half, um, he will just put it back open again and he just posts it up. There's a link to it. He actually, it has a web page. And then once you're in there, like we're in currently, we're in a Facebook group that's private, and that's where all of it's happening. But he's going to end up oh, putting okay. it on his platform probably in the next month or so, because obviously, being at Facebook's whim is never a smart decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they, long term, they have all the power, especially like today, Dusty, when it goes down. Hey, exactly. you couldn't even communicate, right, Scott? Right. You know what the fuck we're going to do? We have all these Instagram questions, and Instagram's down. So I'm like. Motherfucker. I think we got a lot, though. I have some questions from one of our previous episodes from the the last five-minute crew. We had a request to you. I think I sent that to you. I I think I took a screen cap of it. Uh, We we were told, Dusty, that we wanted to hear more Ron stories. I agree a million. I've always said that I feel like I could just get a subject, tell Ron, and then get out of the way. Yeah, just let him go. Just let him go. I that's the whole Ron. podcast. When, when we go to dinner sort of pressure sometimes, on the <laughs> this is the thing. So when we go to dinner, Scott, I will do that to Ron. And he Without telling him. And you I don't tell amped. him. And then he looks at me and he's like, you know, and I'm like, don't ask me. Fuck off. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to do with this? <laughs> I got everybody excited, oh. though, at the speaking of Facebook, at the advice or the Think Big Facebook group, because I said, I said, you know, Ron, at a young age, moved all the way across, not not only the country, across the world to Australia. And I feel like he hasn't told us very many stories about moving to Australia to be a bodybuilder. I don't even know why he moved there, honestly. Oh. I do. But I yes, could, you should I tell could, that story. Tell a story. <laughs> that would be a good one today. I'd like to I hear just that. Feel like I've, yeah, I feel like I talked a lot about Australia on a lot of podcasts, but I guess it's been a while. But... Yeah, for those of you who don't know, so I was I was 19 and I was still living in my hometown, which was Grand Prairie, Alberta. I hadn't left yet, and um, I had this friend who he just like vanished from the gym for a year. You know, he was a guy I saw at the gym every day, and then I just didn't see him around. I was like, huh, I wonder where BJ is. And uh, then one day he just showed up again when I was 19. He's like back at the gym. And he looked like a million bucks, like he had a good tan and he was in great shape. And I was like, shit, where have you been? And he's like, oh, I just went traveling. I wound up in Hong Kong and Thailand and I did some modeling and I did some movie acting and I was in a Van Damme movie and blah, blah, blah. But he just tell me all these crazy stories. And I was like, oh. And then the last thing he said, he just looked at me, he goes, you got to get the fuck out of here. Hmm. And I remember I just. You know, I was a bodybuilder. I was 19. I was 100% bodybuilding at that point. Like I was eat, sleep, train, work at the bar. Like hadn't thought about my future at all. I was like, whatever. I just want to get huge right now. <laughs> and, 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 and he goes, he goes, you can lift weights anywhere. 
He goes, there's bodybuilders everywhere. And that's what he, and that's like literally what he said to me. And I was like, oh, and then I was like, fuck, you know, maybe I should take off and go see what, you know, what this is all about. And I remember I grew up, I grew up on National Geographic. So my parents had like a wall of National Geographic. If you remember like that yellow wall, because there's so many issues in National Geographic that the whole bookshelf is yellow, right? From floor to ceiling, 500 issues, I bet, like whatever. It was like decades of National Geographic. And there was this one issue that had like piqued my attention a few years earlier, and it was all about Australia, the whole issue. It was like the Australian issue of National Geographic, and they had like all these crazy, you know, beautiful pictures in it, and, you know, it just looked awesome. And... um I remember thinking like, fuck, I should get like, and it talked about the work visa program with other Commonwealth countries. And I was like, oh, that means Canada. And I was Mm -hmm. like, so it's super easy to get like a work visa there when you're young, like super easy. So I was like, oh, maybe I should just go to Australia for a year, Hmm. right? Live on the beach, find a gym, work out, or could get, you know, get a job at a bar or whatever and just fucking, you know, enjoy myself while I'm young and just train. I can still train and eat. I don't care if I eat tuna and oatmeal, you know? So that was what I did. I just got a working holiday visa, sold my truck, fucking gone and just wound up in Australia. And I remember I uh, I remember I told you guys this story before. You know, I asked the guy at the backpackers where to go and he sent me to Archer's gym and Mm -hmm. I went down there and I walked in and I was like, oh, man, like this is just it was all juice heads like the whole fucking (laughs) I'm home. Yeah. Yeah, it was this like little, like probably 4,000, 3,000 square foot gym, just jam packed with equipment. Like things were tight. Like you had to like turn sideways between like machines and stuff. I like that. And, uh, you know, the whole front wall was open. It was just uh-huh. bars. So the, the, sea, the sea breeze came right off the ocean and just went right through the gym because nice. the, back, the back wall was open too. So it was just like they don't even have windows that close on some of those buildings. They just have like vented like glass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so it was just, you know, it was fucking hot and humid. It was hot and humid, you know? And, uh, the guy that owned it was a welder, I think. And it was like welding shop down below. So he like made most of the equipment. Hmm. Anyways, that's how I remember it. But yeah, I just, so I just made a bunch of friends there and fucking, you know, got a job, started training with like a national champion and a, a guy that had won the, the Australians, uh, a couple times and, and, and just fucking, Worked at the club and uh, met some fun people and smoked a lot of weed and uh, <laughs> came home about 25 pounds heavier, 20 pounds heavier, I think I came home. So it was a good year. That was the first year I was there. So I was there for two years, but they were separate. So, yeah, it was just a good time. But I always tell everyone who's young, I'm like, fuck, get a passport and do something. Hmm. You yep. know, like you don't want to be 40 and not having had done, had gone anywhere. Cause then at that point, like it's too hard to get away sometimes. Right. No, I think, I think that's great advice because too, when you're, it's so easy to stay in your comfort zone and, and think that that's the right decision. You know, that was part of the reason after I got sick that I left Scottsdale was just like, this is too easy. And I've got the city rigged and I just felt like, you know what, maybe I'm wrong, but if I, sh- you know, let me go try something way different and see what happens. And of course I I immediately was like, I wonder how long, how many weeks it'll take me to have this city rigged. It was like six. Um, Right, right, right. (laughs) Settled in, settled in. Literally it's, 
it's something that I think you, you nailed because I feel like everyone follows the rules. Like, okay, finish high school, go straight to college. I have no fucking idea right. what you're going to do while you're there, but go there and start wasting right. your parents' money immediately. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and another, thing, another thing that I think traveling is good for is, well, if you're aware, uh, is it forces you to, well, when you go live somewhere, it forces you to re-network. Oh, yeah. And, and that's like an important skill. Like that's basically you're practicing your networking. You're just mm -hmm. redoing all the basic stuff. But, you know, some people don't know how to network and establish like relationships like that. You know, like, oh, you're going to be, oh, you're going to be my plumber. I'm going to give you all my business. Yep. And you're going to, then you're going to give me your business. And, you know, like when you have like, and those, those relationships add up when you live somewhere. Yeah. And they're, they really make life fucking easier when you can have some of those relationships, you know, oh. like, you know, just think of like every girl has a hairdresser and like yep. the hairdresser takes emergency calls for them. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, you know, the girls that have like their hairdresser on like speed dial and they'll <laughs> like fucking get them in, you yep. know, like I, I, you need to have those types of connections for whoever your people are, you know, and, I, I feel um, like eventually you, you create that thing too where it got to the point in, in Arizona that people would call me for anything because they knew I had someone. <laughs> right. Like, right. like he, he'll know someone or know someone that knows someone. So let me just call him and see who I should be talking to. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have that amount of networking, though. You know, lots of opportunities hidden in there if you can recognize them. And lots of benefit to those people, too, if you like, you know, exchanging your exchanging your little, you know, benefits or whatever you know who, you put certain people on your speed dial and they put you on their speed dial and it's mutually beneficial absolutely <laughs> so yeah it's a good skill man it's a good skill i um i i have had how many times have you moved dusty oh i moved a ton let's see I like in your, yeah like where you really lived somewhere yeah like so you lived in one two three four Five, six, seven, oh, wow. nine, nine times. Different cities. Yeah, yeah different oh, states, wow. cities. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Scott? Let's see. Uh, one, two, three. I lived in Mexico for a little while with work. That was fun. Uh, four, just five. Well, it depends. I kind of I moved a few places around Detroit too. So if you counted those, it'd be like eight. But I'd say. I'd say five distinct places, mm. Mexico being one, oh. which that was the strangest because oh. I didn't. How long were you there for? I was there for about I think six six ish months, and I was there yeah, for counts. work. Yeah, yeah, and it was cool. It was cool, man, because it was such a different world, and I didn't really speak very good Spanish either. So you're kind of your your ability to communicate with people when you like i could i could learn how to say like you know where's the bathroom or how do i get to the coffee shop but to say like huh uh you know this makes me feel happy to be able to communicate stuff like that you know you can't communicate yeah, yeah. that more you know the deeper stuff so it was interesting right, yeah where, where were you in and mexico it was a little town called san miguel de Liente, and it was like three hours from mexico city in the mountains so it was like central mexico like there's i think there's like the three mexicos i'd call it i'd say the the border towns 
And that's like a whole world of its own, you know, yeah, and yeah. all the politics, everything. And like that kind of exists because of us, you know, because of the yeah. U.S. And then there's the tourist areas. And that's like, you know, just everything relies on tourism on the beach and it's beautiful and all that. And then there's the real Mexico where it's like farmers and stuff like that. It was so different there at the the place where I lived. Um, Jack Kerouac had lived when he wrote the book on the road. He lived there. And there was a little bar in town called uh, La Cucaracha, the the cockroach bar. And that's where he hung out. And that was the first place and only place I have seen because the the farmers would come in on the weekends and they would drink. And there was no like closing. Like they would drink until the sun came up. And weekend for them started on Wednesday. So they would drink from like Wednesday through Sunday, Wednesday night through Sunday night. And then they would go back off in their their horses and donkeys and stuff like that out back into the country for a few days and work. But that was the only place I'd seen the move where you pick the guy up and throw him over the bar into the bottles. (laughs) There was a fight there every night and it would roll down. It was a skinny, narrow bar and the fight would roll down. You just get up against the wall and right out the front, right out the front door into the street. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh man. It was a it was a it was a fun time. It was a fun time. What, was it was it was it ever dangerous? Like uh like cartel dangerous? Like was there any of that vibe in the air? So this was before things got really bad. This would have been like two thousand and three ish, something like that. Yeah, two thousand and three. Um so it was before things got really dark. Because I used to go when I lived in New Mexico, I used to go to Juarez, which is like the murder capital yeah. of the world now. But I used to go there and take pictures and hang out and go to the bars as like by myself and just like right. kind of get the vibe of the place and all that. And it was dangerous then, but like I wouldn't do that now. But then I would say I worried more about the police than anything else because mm-hmm. the cops would write fake tickets and harass, especially white people. They would mess with you. So, But I didn't really have too many issues. And where I lived, there was... Um, there was a population of expatriates that lived there too. So there were like, you know, former Americans and English speaking people. Um, but it, it was definitely like real Mexico though. That Like I'd seen things there that like just were so different. Like, so like the way people are raised, like bullfighting, you know, like we, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like bullfighting. I can't imagine like they, I mean, they really fight the bull and then they kill it and it's a gruesome death. But the people all get to eat that night. Like everybody from the village gets to eat that meat. And so it's a celebration. So, but like, so when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm in the right place to judge that because I wasn't raised here. You know what I mean? But I could see like PETA yeah. and stuff being all like, this is an outrage. And so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not like they just kill the bull. They like, yeah, fight yeah. it for like, yeah. And I know, yeah, it gets, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's cool. Living in another country is like, you know, it's hard to explain. You know, there's always those little, there's always stuff that's so the same and yeah. stuff that's like completely different, you know? That's the way I feel right now living in Canada. There's a lot of things that are the same, but man, you guys are also very different too. You know what's funny? When I went to Australia, the first thing that I thought was weird was that in, I think, the majority of the houses, the toilet wasn't necessarily in the bathroom huh like there'd be a door and you'd open it and there's a toilet in there and then the bathroom with the shower and everything was like a different room huh 
And that was like common in a bunch of the houses that I lived in. And like might have been older houses or whatever. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like funny, you know, I guess maybe it makes living, to, living with people easier because you don't, if you're in the shower for 20 minutes, you can still use the toilet. I guess. But you know what I mean? I just noticed that it was just something because, you know, in North America, it's just you just have a bathroom and it's all in there. Yeah. yeah. Was there a sink where the toilet was? See, yeah, that's a that's another thing too. Because you know, I, my hand washing always... brain is going. Like, <laughs> I got to touch the handle and then touch a bunch of things to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I lived in some. I lived in a pretty old house at one point. It was built in like, fuck, I don't even know, like the thirties or twenties or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like this giant wooden six bedroom house, and it was like I swear the whole thing was tilting, and and that was just such a wild house to live in, you know. It was, uh, they had, I remember, I remember there were six bedrooms. So there were six people living in it at all times. Right. And, uh, there was one guy, I think who had his name on the lease and everyone else was just paying him rent. Hmm. Yeah. And you, people would move in and out without the other people in the house knowing there'd been a change that day. You know huh. what I mean? So like. You could like I'm literally. Shocked. I moved into that. Yeah, like because really the guy, the guy who had the the good bedroom, and his name mm-hmm. on the lease, he's the only guy that needed to know. Right. So like I remember I came home one time and there's this dude sitting on the couch eating cereal. I was like, oh hey, and he's like, hey man, I just moved in today. I'm a buddy of so and so's. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. I live downstairs. This is my protein. Don't touch my food. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, but you you wind up like living with like you're living with random fucking people but the right. house was humongous like you know it was a giant six bedroom old beach house with big huge rooms in it so it was kind of just a, a crazy trip to live there but i remember i lived there for like four months i was in that house and i took off like i left I'm like hey guys it's been great i gotta go i'm going to sydney or something and i went you know, went and traveled for a bit, went to Melbourne for a few weeks and all that stuff. And then uh, I remember I came back to the Gold Coast and I got off the Greyhound bus with my bag. And I literally thought, well, am I going to walk to the backpackers or the hotel or whatever? Or am I going to just walk like five blocks that way to my old house and see if see if there's a, a room? Right. So I just walked to the old house. I still had a key, <laughs> unlocked the front door, walked in. Went and looked in my old bedroom, and there was nothing in it, just a bed. And I was like, fuck yeah, there's no one in this room. And I just threw my bag on the bed and went upstairs and, like, made a meal. And and I remember this one guy that lived with us, Tony. He was, like, a surfer, stoner guy that worked at the movie store. Like, he was a character out of a fucking TV show. (laughs) Right. Just Tony, like, just bongs all day, worked at the video store, surfed. That was it. And Tony comes upstairs and he looks at me and goes, Ronnie. <laughs> He's like, are you back? And I go, well, is anyone living in my room? And he goes, no. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm back then. And like, he wasn't even the guy that, he wasn't even the guy that ran the house, you know? <laughs> and then I remember the guy that ran the house, like got up the next day and I'm like, Hey man. And he's like, Oh fuck. And I just gave him money for the, the week or whatever. He's like, yeah. Cool. And I was back in the house. So then I had to like introduce myself to everyone because like over half the house had changed. So it was just a really cool place. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, interesting. You just got you got to learn to like just 
you can't let stuff bother you when you live with fucking strangers. Yeah, I could imagine. You know, but the fun, the, the good thing was is most of them hardly ate anything. Right. Like the kitchen wasn't really a problem. I remember thinking many times I could be in the kitchen cooking. I'd be like, I can't believe that this is easy. <laughs> yeah, you think you'd like, be battling for space. Well, yeah, if you live with six bodybuilders, can you imagine? True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, He had a vision of offering high-quality, third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. Hey, uh, can I ask you guys a bodybuilding question? Yes. Ron? Yes. Can anybody beat Big Rami? Based on his face? No. Yeah. What was that, Dusty? I said based on the way his face looks, no. Yeah. Based on the way his face looks, no. That's, That's what I thought when I saw that picture the other day. I was like, Jesus Christ. I know what that face here's here's the thing, Scott, and I know you know this answer, but that's the Ronnie ninety eight face. When your face is when your face is that sunk and we already know you have that much muscle, even if you're down in quote size, you're just gonna look bigger. Yeah. Because it's so tight and so saran wrapped and which is great. I think I think I I hope that that's what happens because I would love for this to be a statement show. Um just because Rami's in that p- position that mo- I don't think any Mr. Olympia has ever been in before, where even though he nailed it last year, we've never seen him nail it more than that. So the assumption is, well, what if he doesn't nail it this time? And it looks like they've just taken it to a- another place. So we'll see. Yeah, Rami was, it's weird to be like Mr. Olympia and there's clear room to improve. Huh. Right. You know what I mean? And the the conditioning, I mean, the, I, I saw the, the face, and I remember thinking that's Ron, Ron, Ronnie in 98, you know? Yep. He had just like the crazy, crazy face that year. And uh, I don't know. I think Chad, I think that if, if there's any point Chad wants to make, it's that one. Hmm. Because he knows that Hottie won't be bigger. Right. Yeah. Right? Right. And he, you know, he knows no one's going to be bigger. So it's the same, you know, the same thing. Like, just make sure no one is harder. Like, if no one's bigger and no one's harder, then, you know, it is what it is. It'd be over with. Yeah. So, and also, too, Rami, Jesus, I mean, with that stature, too. I mean, what is he, 5'11? Yeah. Good God. With that you much know? muscles. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really excited, you know. It's uh, 
It's going to be a hell of a show. We, we should Crazy we should times. do uh, since we've got such a perfectly planned show with so many questions we cannot see. Uh, I think we should do predictions for the Olympia. Okay. Because we'll, we'll, well this will go out a few days before it happens, and yeah, we will see where we land here. So, what do you guys think? I I think we're gonna see Rami win. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think he's gonna be quite the sight. Um, I think Hadi is still to me. Probably, I, I think Hottie might be the, the 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 biggest threat to him. I just have that right. feeling. So, I'm sort of thinking maybe Hottie winds up in second. How tall is Hottie? Five six, five seven. Okay, maybe? I thought. Yeah. I mean, where was he last year again? Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Third, fourth, had, yeah, no, we had Phil and Phil. Phil wound up in third, right? So he took fourth, oh, right. fourth. Yep. Yeah, to think he was fourth. all all the way down in fourth sounds crazy to me. To look back at that, yeah, I remember everyone saying he could have wound up second, or yeah. he should have, but it was yeah. But I remember his morning show, morning show score, and night show score were 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 pretty different, and that's why he wound up fourth. Um, Phil's not there, right? And uh, Brandon was second, right? Yes. Brandon was second. So, you know, I have maybe Brandon's in the top three as well with Hottie. I don't see the top three changing okay. this year. Right. You know, um, you know, then you have Nick yeah. coming in hot. And, and I mean, you have to mention Nick now. He fucking earned it. For sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, Nick beat everyone else. That's coming pretty much, and then you have. I'm going to throw my my dark horse wild card in there, um, and just say that uh, I'm going to say that James gets yes. a call out for for, <laughs> for first call out. James first call out. I'd like to. So see I'm that. just going to I'm going to say I'm just going to go out there, and this is obviously based on my uh, extreme expertise of Instagram photos. <laughs> Um, with zero in-person viewing, yes, I'm gonna which say makes it perfect. Rami, I'm going to say Rami, Hottie, Brandon. Fuck. Nick and Hollingshead. That'd be my top five. That's a good top five. Now, um, Bonac won't be making it again. Is that the case? I don't know what's going on with Bonac. I heard both. Okay. So I just like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, he could be right up there for that, you know, fourth, yeah. fifth, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got to give him his due. Yeah, that's He's why. Like, but I wasn't sure if he was in. So I, I yeah. assume possibly not because it's only a week difference and he wasn't able to make it for one. So I don't know how. I remember you know, at the time he said, I remember <clears throat> at the time he said he would be. But right. I mean. I haven't heard anything since. I don't know. Instagram's down today, buddy. I can't even check. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, what about you, Scott? What's what's your uh, because don't worry, we're gonna get to the two twelve as well because I know that's where we'll have a lot more uh, different opinions possibly. 
I feel like I liked I liked Ron's take on it. Um, you know, it's it's so hard to say, but like because we haven't seen Nick up against some of these guys, we haven't right. seen James up against these guys. Like we haven't <laughs> seen James this year at all. No, I know. Right. He's, and, he's my dark horse. Yeah, yeah, he's he's my dark horse too. We did a, we did something the other night uh, with uh, Nate Spear and Andrew Barry, and we all called James as the dark horse. So I, I don't know if he's a dark horse if we all expect him, but <laughs> I think he is. I think he is still. Uh, I I could see him right up there though. From what you and I didn't see this picture of Rami, but my that you guys are talking about of his face. But my thought is that. If he is on, he's going to be impossible to beat. Um, I could see, I mean, Brandon's the only guy up there besides Rami who's won an Olympia. I feel like that there's definitely there's definitely some merit to that. I think that, that that's going to be respected, you know, in, yeah, in the sure. lineup by the judges. Um, so I could definitely see him in top three. I'll be interested to see the way Ahadi looks against say uh a nick walker to me that'll be an interesting matchup see what does hottie look like next to nick how do those guys compare how does james potentially compare to those guys as well i think that you know if if we were to say that rami is first man things get really messy from there oh really messy like this is this is i think a really exciting olympia and it's not just like who's gonna win but it's that like there are so many good guys that like I want and I want to see all of them do well. You know what I mean? Well, like, well there's so many you haven't seen next to each other. Whereas yeah. before, you, if you were talking five years ago, the top five of the Olympia, we've seen everyone next to each other. Yeah. So, you know, you could like you always knew like, well, one of the top five is definitely Dexter done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was how it was for a while. Whereas now. You can look and say, well, Brandon could either get second or sixth. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you know, you don't know uh, where where guys will land. So, because I'm curious, too, because I will say that going into the Arnold, I said, well, we'll see how Nick looks standing next to that level. Because the, the New York Pro, although had some good guys, wasn't what the Arnold was. Then when he came in and dusted the Arnold... It's very hard for me to say we'll see how he'll stand up. I'm kind of like, well, we'll see how he'll stand out. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, because because I really did feel like it was open and shut at the Arnold, just blatantly. So, I'm, I agree with you, Scott. I think that Hottie and him next to each other because they they have the same stature. It's why I asked how tall he was. That'll be a pretty wild comparison. You know, and I think the crowd will love to see what what that is as well. So. I don't disagree with your top five at all, you, Ron. Like, I, I would love to say I did, but it's like anything else would be like, uh, if I said, well, I could switch this guy and that guy, you'd be like, yeah, so could I. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's not really uh, impactful. Um, what about the 212, though? I think that that's where things are exciting. <clears throat> yeah, gonna, so. I'm going to pull I'm, that up. Well, I got to see this. Yeah, pull that up. I'll find out what you guys are talking. Cool. So I I think you got, I mean, you got Clarita returning to defend. Yep. You got Kamal. Kamal still firmly believes he can win another one. 
Chris told me it's the best he's ever been. I talked to him today. Yeah, Chris messaged me the other day, and he said Kamal will win. Hmm. No kidding. And that was all he said. He just said Kamal will win. <laughs> and I was like, Which makes okay. It and I just I sent him back. Uh, I, I sent him back a text, and I said uh, I said something about Instagram filters. I can't remember. <laughs> and then he just laughed. But he didn't even. You know how Chris typos a lot. So yeah. his LOL was LLOL. <laughs> I like, just laughed. I mean, that's so Chris. Doesn't even do LOL right. Sometimes you have to decode his messages. So you got you got Clarita, Kamal, um, Derek Lunsford, who we all know is like, I still think that part of the problem is trying to make 212 for him. Right. Um, and then you got like Keon. Yeah. You got George. Is it Keon? Keon? I don't know. Keon, yeah. Keon, yeah. yeah. You got Keon, George. Um, you got some, like, there's so many good guys, you know? Ahmad's yep. coming back. Mm. Nathan Epler, that guy looks looks awesome. John Jewett, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of great bodybuilders doing this 212. It's going to be quite a shit show, much like the Open. Yeah, be- being in the top 10 this year of the 212 is much like being in the top five before. Yeah. Like you could have played yeah. like like a guy like John Jewett, who's placed what fourth at his best at the Olympia, in this lineup could play seventh and think he and, and could be better than he was when he placed fourth. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think happens with Lunsford? I think he wins. Yeah. I just and the only reason is is because and I think that's a little bit of the fan in me of of bodybuilding, not even of him directly. Now you want to see guys hit what they're capable of. Um, right, of course, yeah. I, I have felt like Derek proved that he was loyal to a fault to his coach. For years, they missed and missed and missed. And you're right, Ron. It could very well be that he just can't make that weight. So he might miss this year. But if he does, then he has the black and white proof that he needs to move up. Hmm. Yeah, and the only way to know if if it is just making the weight, in my opinion, was to let someone else take a crack at it, and I think Han is a great choice for that. So we'll see, but I do feel like if his body's capable of maintaining its uh, symmetry, and I know it's a funny word for guys as big as him, but his symmetry to make that weight, then I just have a hard time imagining anyone could beat him because if you looked at him at his biggest and look at all of them at their biggest and best, whatever number that is, his is frightening in yeah. comparison, you know? Yeah. He, I, I know it's, it's, and I'm such a fan of Clarita. Of course. You know, and, and not just of Clarita, but of Clarita's physique too. Like, obviously I've always like been a huge fan of Sean himself, but, right. um, but the physique is like, I mean, last year he won. Right. Yeah. Like he like won. Like I looked at the at the video, I looked at the photos, and I was like, I think he's better. Like mm-hmm. he deserved it hundred percent. I thought he beat Kamal and won the two twelve. Of course, Lunds- Lunsford was like a huge disappointment at that show. Yep. And uh, was still wasn't he third? Yeah. I can't remember. I would like to be that disappointing one day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> at anything in life. <laughs> 
But to me, to me, um, you got Clarita returning. You got Chris texting me saying Kamal will win. Hmm. Yep, that says and a lot. And you got, and then you got Derek Derek Lunsford that is like the mystery card because, I mean, <clears throat> you know, he's not going to be standing on the turf at M- MI40. Um, or guest posing by himself at 240. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's going to be 212, sucked right down, and we'll just see what happens. You know what? If anyone can do it, Hottie can figure it out. Yeah, Hunter. I feel like uh, for Lunsford to be his best, he has to – He has to. I mean, will – okay, let me rephrase that. Could he be his best pulled down to 212? I feel like there's a bigger question mark there than I think Sean Clarita even had a little bit more room on the scale. Oh, for I, sure. Yeah, you lots know? of room. So if he had <laughs> yeah. lots of room and he's going into this with the moment, the momentum of having one last year, we could yeah. see an even better Clarita then. Oh, that would be yeah. better Clarita. So I, that's, that's going to be dangerous, you know? I don't think yeah. that you're going to. That's the nice thing when you get a guy like Clarita where that is what he's done every year. Yeah. He's always on and he's always better. So he'll definitely be better. And I think the only what? thing that, that he has an advantage with is Clarita can come in where he looks best. I guarantee you that even if Derek comes in and looks amazing at 212, he was better at 225. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is Lunsford's, is Lunsford's like overly sucked down 85% better than Clarita's 100%. That's I, right. that's what I'm saying, absolutely. And that's hard to, right. I mean, it is truthfully hard to imagine when you do it that way. The only reason I say it's feasible is I have seen some guys do it. Um, I mean, Jose was that way. He was peeled out of his head at 225. Yeah. I mean, glutes yeah. and the whole bit, and then he'd come down and it looked the same. You know what I mean? Just harder. So it, it, I guess what it is is, like I said, you're going to see Lunsford should either win or move up. Like, if he doesn't nail it this year, then if, I, if anyone in his camp should tell him, go up. Because at 225, you're going to be hard to beat in the open. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, then, and, and he's just – he carries it so well. You know, some guys, they fill up their frame, and you're like, ah, oh, he lost it when he kept getting bigger. Like, he doesn't need to get bigger. He can just come and peel at the size he is now – with no weight distraction, and it's nuts. I mean, we've all coached. I know you've done this, Ron. I mean, I had a guy come in one show, and he was looking so good for a, for a regional show that he was like, should we, should we pull down? And I was like, nah, it's just whatever you land at is what you're going to land at. I want to win the whole show. Like, I don't care. Uh, right. And he won the heavyweights at 199 and the overall. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know, so it can be, like, it's a point being is, like, a guy like Lunsford, maybe only eight, pounds above 220-ish. Yeah. He slays guys that are 250. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page of we'll see with him, but I think if it can be done, Hani could do it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Now, classic. Oh, shit. I think, <laughs> I think classic is, I think classic is going to be a bunch of guys fighting for second to fifth. Viciously, and I think everyone's going to be looking at Chris going, Ah, fuck. No one else looks like that. (laughs) No one else looks like that. Like, 
Yeah, it's it's difficult when you like when a division is created to you know push and promote a very specific type of physique and then one guy comes along that has like the exact perfect look that everyone loves about that division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you're just like, "Well, fuck." Like and then he keeps getting better. You well, then, didn't he? He had like I think they said last year ten pounds to give. You're kidding? Yeah. yeah. So it's like I mean, yeah. think about how big a number that a is. Few like, pounds. Ten pounds with his frame. He's not built like a refrigerator, like me. Like ten pounds looks like thirty. Like he's super, de- super deceiving. Yeah. Like I said this many times when Chris was at my gym, I said to him like I'm very good at guessing body weights. Like. People come up to me all the time and they start talking to me. I'm like, what are you, 205? And they're like, yeah, I'm 205.5. I'm like, yeah. Or they'll come up and go talking to me. I'm like, what do you weigh, 250? And they're like, yeah, 251. Like, <laughs> I am fucking great at it. I just have a knack for it. I'm rarely wrong or I'm rarely even off by more than a few pounds. Like, and with Chris, I looked at him, like I sized him up and I watched him do a few sets. He was deadlifting. And I go, you, you got to be 275. And he's like, no, bro, I'm 252. <laughs> yeah, and, I was and your like, brain's like a kippy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, I've, like for me to be off by over 20 pounds on a guy who's got the same height of frame as me, which I should really know, Yeah, like that's my, that's my expertise. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, like I guess, guys, I nail him at 230. Yep, you know. And then I'm like, you must be 275. And he's like, no, I'm 252. And I was like, he's like, I can't go to 275, man. I never get down. Yeah. That's like, the other thing yeah. that must be terrible for a guy like him is to, to know that you could blow up too easily. Hmm. Like, he has to watch it while also improving drastically. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, Ron, that, like, for me, and I hope that that's what does happen. And, I mean, obviously, you know I love a ton of the guys in the division. But there's something about the way that he that he's uh, carrying the division that I don't want to see change. Yeah, well, he's the Jay Cutler of classic. Agreed. Like, you know, likability, marketability, reputation, you know, being nice to fans, you know, being, you know, just all that sort of stuff. Like he's kind of like really on he's on that path. You know what I mean? Did, so did you guys see when he. Uh, when he was, in, I, he you probably knew about it, Ron. When he was in Vancouver, and uh, they were selling his posters, so he decided to personally deliver a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. So but that, that uh, was Mike, so genius. Like I see, like yeah. watching people's faces when they open the door, and Chris Bum says, "Like I brought your poster of me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he he goes into their kitchen and meets their mom. And you're kidding me! I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah, that's amazing. And Braden actually bought two of his prints for his home gym. And he's got one up on each side of of his like sign for like the home gym, you know. He's nice. up on the wall, mounted, and they look great up there. But he just bought them off Calvin, right? Like he just paid for them and like was just waiting for them to get delivered. And then Chris brought them to the gym the day he left and like signed them for Braden. Oh, that's cool stuff. That we just stood in the office at the gym and signed them and stuff. So it was it was really cool, yeah. So he did that little personal touch for everybody out west here. That's nice. Yeah, that was that was such a genius move, and I just like literally it made me even further fan 
it's like because you don't have to do that and no one expects it and when you do it's just like well yeah. shit. <laughs> like, yeah yeah you know you know chris for president i mean <laughs> prime minister fine <laughs> prime minister what's he like training in the gym because you you know you obviously got to see him a bunch training at your place yeah chris trains hard man yes yeah. i mean i trained with him he trained with us we did a chest workout together he fucking straight sets to failure with four straps okay he trains just like trained the same as us like i was like hey this is how we train does that sound good he's like yep he's like okay oh, i trained with he's like i trained with ian he sounds like sounds like the same stuff cool you know yeah. and you know his form is immaculate and perfect um he doesn't do anything that's not perfect like you know what i mean um you could tell he's, he's strong as hell too smart strong as hell yeah you know um and uh yeah just you know same style workout we just went real hard on chest and i think we did chest and biceps i can't remember and uh yeah it was good you know pounded it out easy to train with you know good spotter boom 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 doesn't fucking he's got his headphones on you know like he's not like wasting time and stuff he'll stop and talk to a fan you know he's like a sure. nice guy but like as far as just the training goes it was just like a just like you and me you know same way we train boom boom yep. you know so you know what i found was you know? i was starting to search uh instagram when it still worked and <laughs> yeah. uh and i found uh yesterday a, a lot of really good guys now only one that obviously terrence does not apply to this because he's nuts and he's my absolute solid pick for second i think it's a shit show after second to be honest with you um yeah me too but um for example oh shit i get robert was it is it robert timms is that the guy from arizona oh shit i think that's his name timms yeah yeah i know uh, who you're talking about yeah so anyways he looks nuts right and i was like my brain immediately was like "Ooh, this could be interesting and so I, started, so I started scrolling his pictures because he's amazing. Let me say that before I finish the sentence. And then I saw some shots from the back and I go, oh, Chris wins. Ah. Like it was like it was like a light switch. As soon as I, in his back, his legs get thin from the back. And Chris right. is thin from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so it's one of those things where because when you're when you're looking and even a seasoned bodybuilder watches strengths catch your eye and you're like oh uh oh uh oh like i wonder what they're gonna look like next to each other and then you see the thing and you're like you're that's that's gonna be exploited terribly if you were if he got called out with like terrence and chris it would become immediate for a second and that's crazy when you look at that guy's physique because he is amazing (laughs) like i I like picking apart guys that are phenomenal it just because it really makes you realize how good the best of the best of the best are yeah because you're like, like if somebody said oh, well what is uh bumstead's weakness i'd be like i heard he's growing a mullet <laughs> <laughs> like that's all uh, i got that's all i got <laughs> yeah yeah i just i think he's a pretty uh a pretty and you know you don't ever want to say lock a lot happens a lot can happen, can happen. but yeah. um, but I'd say he's the, you know, it's it, it's it's difficult. I'd say he's more. Is he more likely to win than Rami? Hmm. 
Uh, no, I'm going to say no because I like no. Terrence that much. Right. <laughs> I, I, Terrence is is my guy, and I I think that you you're never fighting chance. Yeah, you're never going to beat Chris at Chris's game. Like you can't out Bumstead right. Bumstead. But but if if your game happens to be the game of the day and. He's the one that could get it. Terrence has been improving Terrence's game, you know, for the past couple of years. And I, I, and I know he had a lot of room left to grow too. So I could see him doing really well. I was a little bit concerned with that Arnold lighting. Cause he looked so dark and you right. could see like, so the, you know, yeah, the pictures, he's way better in the pictures yeah. than on the live stream. Even I that, mean, though, that. it's still like some guys can be really, really dark, and I think it can take away. So I am a little concerned that there's those little tiny bells and whistles that he has. I want to, I hope that they still show through, you know, at the Olympia because those are going right. to be the things that could that could push him toward that win. And I don't, you know, I mean, I would love to see it happen. I think it would be really tough. I think that Chris is like, so like self-actualized, if that makes sense. Like, like, you know, he is, he is like the best Chris that he can be. I'm sure that, uh, I I don't know if Terrence is quite the best Terrence he can be yet. I think he's well on his way to it, and I think he's close to it. So because of that, I I still could see Chris winning. But I I would love to see, like, a real rough rumble with with those two. This This reminds me of my favorite Dexter Jackson quote ever. And I believe it was 2008 when he said it, which was before he won the Olympia, right? But there's some training videos on YouTube. And I remember he's got his elbows wrapped because he was having these elbow problems going up to that show. And he's training. And the quote he says is, uh, he goes, I've made a career on catching people when they're off. (laughs) I remember that. He goes, and this Olympia is no different. There ain't no runaways. This ain't the Ronnie Coleman days. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then he turned around and caught Jay Cutler off. And then he caught Jay. Yeah. He caught Jay. So, uh, so yeah, you just, quote. yeah, yeah, that was a, that's my favorite one from Dexter. Well, so well, plus I don't know if the admit, year is right, but I think it is. I think it is too. You know what you have to admit too, Scott, is um, Terrence did the, did the Bumstead back improvement that Bumstead did the year before. Like when yeah. they put up that picture side <laughs> by side, I was like, yeah, that was incredible. Do that? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I thought only one person could ever do that, but two in the same, like, because Terrence at the Arnold embarrasses Terrence at last year's Olympia. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's saying a ton. <laughs> like, One thing I, I will here's say. Here's what I will say is the guy that the Brion, in my eyes, isn't even in my thought process with those two anymore. Hmm. And I've seen him recent, and, and he looks phenomenal, but he's not them. Hmm. Like, I feel like Terrence did a little bump over him at the Olympia. And then he just separated it. Now it's now he's he's he's. I feel like he's focused on Chris and nothing else. You know, yeah. and Chris is focused on Chris. Yeah. You know, because that's one thing I do like about him, and you guys know from knowing him is Chris does not think it's in the bag at all. Hmm. That's a great like, place to be. Yeah. No. He he he's he's fighting for his life every day, and I think that that's. The magic. When, the moment you get comfortable in life, we all know this. You're screwed because the guy in second. That's what Jay said. 
yeah, it's constantly thinking about you, <laughs> you know, and yeah. bringing you down. That's why Jay was so good when he was chasing Ronnie. Yeah, Jay even said that the reason he lost the Olympia was because he got like a little complacent. He thought, oh, I'm Mr. Olympia now. Right. And then he said the second he lost, he was like, oh, shit. And he just like realized that his mindset had been wrong. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I just got caught. Fuck. You know? Right. So you just got to avoid that. That's all you got to do. Just avoid that. Easy. Stay champion forever. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Said from three guys that have never been champions. Lovely. <laughs> 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 hey, define champion, Dusty. Don't be harsh. <laughs> That's true. I did win a spelling bee once. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> not true. I'm a terrible right. speller. <laughs> yes. I have a gold medal in Taekwondo from when I was 14. <laughs> That's gold. Yes, Don't well, be little my accomplishments. I love that we all have the uh, the pretty similar views. This is the first Olympia that I've been excited for in a while, and I'm not going. And it's I don't know how many hours away, but not far. But uh, not going. <laughs> so here's 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 my Olympia problem. We are promoting a show that day. You're kidding. We planned it. We booked it. We scheduled it. And then they moved the Olympia. Oh. And we're like, well, too bad. I mean, mm -hmm. I moved the show now, you know, like, you know what I mean? So we're yeah. just going ahead with it. So I'll, I'm actually going to be wearing a suit and I'm going to be emceeing the show while the, the Olympia is on. The Bob Chick you of just, Canada. He is, actually. <laughs> That's a fact. That so, a fact. so I'm going to have my phone. I'll have the live stream on my phone down on the podium there. Yeah. <laughs> so see what's going on. And then I'll give the crowd live updates. You know what I mean? Be like, yeah. first call out just happened at the L. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll love it. Yeah, we'll see. No, they just they just put Hottie they just put Hottie in the top in the top three call out. I'll just announce stuff. You know? <laughs> a bunch of soccer moms that are there to watch their kids' first show are like, what is he talking about? Yeah, oh, they yeah. just swapped they just swapped Ian and Cluco. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just start saying stuff while other guys are on stage fucking doing their posing routines just right over top. <laughs> During the routine. <laughs> you, can, can you see, though, the guy hits the front double and he goes, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. He's okay. locked into it, too. No, I know. I know. Do you have another YouTube question there, Scott? I got a couple of them, yeah. Um, all right. That was the dusty thing. I just did the dusty thing. I went... The way he he's always says, yeah, I got another one. And then he goes, let's see. Sounds. Sound effects are key to my life. All right, here we go. So what's a better idea to get a meal prep company or to hire a coach if you're on a budget? That's so easy. I'll let someone else answer it. <laughs> I, I, I don't like... God bless the the business, and I've used them when they're handy. But I don't get how hard it is to prep your food. Thank you. So easy to prep your food. Like how fucking lazy are you? Turn on mm -hmm. a pot of rice. Put a put twelve chicken breasts on a grill for four minutes aside, and you're done. I don't know. Well, plus I I, I got to toss in if you're on a budget. Yeah, then why are you offering like someone else four times the money to make your food? Because it, it's asinine. Like, I have guys that will reach out. And I remember, obviously, being 825 an hour in bodybuilding. 
and people are like, I can't afford it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I can tell you right now in 2021 where you can get chicken breast for $2 a pound and that you can buy 20 pounds of jasmine rice for like nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. like you, you can get you can bodybuild on like four foods. Egg white, be good to go. tuna fish. So here's the thing with meal prep companies. If somebody's like it, they're great. They're great for a lot of reasons. Like if someone is spending 25 bucks at lunch every fucking day yep. and they want to save a bunch of money, they could get their lunch meal prepped. Yeah. Right? And they just get like maybe one or two meals a day and then they have their other meals at home and they're still saving money because now they don't eat out all the time. So it's still an improvement and they're eating better, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of like fantastic reasons to use a meal prep company. But if you're a bodybuilder on a budget, why would you pay someone to cook chicken and rice for you? I mean, it, it just blows my mind. Like you get someone to help you with the training and the nutrition and whatever else you need to know. You know, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, you know, oh, put two cups of rice in a bowl and dump two cans of tuna in it, heat it up in the microwave, yeah. hot sauce well, on it. Boom. Well, it's not hard. Plus you got to remember that the amount of food you're probably eating isn't yeah. in line with what most meal prep companies do anyways. Yeah. Like so meal prep doesn't saying, make okay, sense for everyone. Two preps. Well, to give you guys an idea, there's a place locally here that does like chicken and rice, steak and rice. And I like going there because some days I, just, I like the way they make it. Right. But for mm -hmm. me to get rice and carne asada, that's enough carne to, for, for my numbers is twenty eight dollars for one. Right. Because you're not doing a four ounce <laughs> serving a chicken with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I'm swapping yeah. out chicken. I'm adding steak. Then I need three orders of the steak to get to 12 ounces. Mm. And it's like, so, so when someone says they think about hiring a meal prep company, because uh, Evian used to meal prep, and it was the same way. Now, the cool thing was, unlike the other, the other question mark with meal prep companies, is you could take her food out and weigh it, and it would be dead nuts on every time. We had ordered before when I was out of town from meal prep companies, and I'm psychotic, and can, I know what six ounces looks like, mm -hmm. you know. So I'd order a of chicken. I'd look at it and go, that's six. And I would weigh it because yeah. I'm nuts. And I'm like, yep, six. Now I'm paying asinine money and I'm still well short of what I'm supposed to be. My big thing when I was, well, always bodybuilding, but I don't trust anybody else touching my food. Because if, it's, if, if Chris told me three grams of rice, I did not eat 302 grams of rice. Yeah, I ate 300 exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. and trust me, if I'm meal prepping 200 meals for some, for people, 302 is good enough. Right. 10 is good enough. So is 290. <laughs> like, yeah. we're good. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, yeah. It doesn't logistically make sense for someone who's really bodybuilding to get five meals a day at $20 a meal. Yeah. And that's Let's what it would break out to be to eat the way that we eat. It would probably be at least $15, $20 a meal. So, yeah. You got any more, Scott? I got a couple more here. Um, this is, and these are all from our last five minute crew. If you guys want to post anything on the show, feel free over at YouTube. And uh, if we have the time, we'll tackle them. So this is from Bryce, Bryce Wilson. And he says, uh, question for the next week. Uh, have you guys ever had to deal with exertion headaches? Got a bad headache after a brutal strip set on the hack. Uh, didn't think much of it till it came back within my first set of presses the following day. I've heard of people getting this. I haven't gotten it personally. 
Maybe I've once. Had, I've, I've had what I think he's talking about. It, it's a debilitating, like brutal headache in the back of your head. And it just like stops you. And it shuts you down. Like you're done. Yeah. You're not, you're not doing a set. You're not bending over to tie your shoes. You're not, you're sitting there just like waiting for this to pass. You're not fucking, it's like brutal. I remember the first time I had one, I thought I was having, like, I didn't know if that was like a brain aneurysm or something. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what the fuck is this? And I remember the first time I got one, I was doing hacks and I was pushing my head against the pad too hard. Mm-hmm. And I felt it build in my neck and then it just shot up into my head huh. and I was fucking done. I remember it was like an hour before I was like, oh, like, okay. And then I thought, fuck, I wonder what that was. And I was all freaked out and I thought it had to do with pushing my head. So I was like, okay, that must have just been a, a freak thing. And right. then the, I remember I was doing chest right after that and I was doing incline and I was had like you know i'm doing forced reps and i must have been pushing my head against the pad and it came back and i was like oh fuck so i remember i went and saw a doctor and he was like oh just don't do that (laughs) (laughs) thanks doc he took my blood pressure and he was like oh you seem okay and he's like just don't do that and i was like oh that seemed pretty scary for a just don't do that yeah and then over the years like occasionally like very far between like many years between but occasionally i will get one Mm -hmm. but i'm smart enough now to recognize that initial feeling at the base of my neck and if i'm ever doing anything and i feel that i just fucking terminate what i'm doing and just relax my body and it like and right. I've managed to dodge it a few times. Huh, yeah. And I think the last time I got one, I was squatting with like a barbell. Mm-hmm. And I got one at, like at the end of my set. And I was so pissed off because I remember thinking like, oh, I think I'm getting one of those headaches. No, no, I got another rep. And I did another <laughs> rep. And then it spiked That's all on it me. Took. And I was fucking, fuck. And I was so mad. But yeah, I remember just, I think it's just, it's just like a neck tension, base of the skull, something to do with that. Hmm. Right. I, I, it's fine. I'm glad that you said that because I used to think that it had something to do with breathing. But what you're saying makes more sense because I could imagine your, well, even might, the, the angle of your neck probably makes sense. Like, so that's, that's, I've never had one, but I've seen clients get them. And I remember thinking, I don't see anything, you know, other than I see them straining. So I'm like, it's got to be oxygen. But that makes sense because I wouldn't be able to see them forcing their head back unless yeah. they physically looked up. So, you know, maybe yeah. I was I also have never, too, right? I've also never realized that people haven't popped back the very next day like that. Hmm. Like that, that makes that would scare me even more because it feels like it's not gone. Yeah. If I do it the very next day on something that's not a hack score. It's always a hack that I have seen it on, by the way, which I find interesting. So many people, that's the thing. They're like, I was doing a hack score. I'm like, of course you were. My yeah. favorite piece. Yeah. <laughs> I've made yeah. the mistake yeah. of gritting my teeth training. That's a bad oh, yeah. one because <laughs> you'll end up ruining your teeth that way. So I've had to. I tried the mouth guard, but I felt really dumb, mm-hmm. you know, wearing the mouth guard mm-hmm. at the gym. And I just try to not clinch but i want to clinch my teeth right sometimes on really hard reps i remember yeah, i had to go through a phase uh when i was like when they first hit and i had like a few of them i went through a phase where i i was like okay i'm gonna train legs 
And I'm going to try not to tense every fucking muscle in my body for the entire set of whatever I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, right. even on the leg extension, like, I'd be pulling my ass into the seat. My traps would be, like, maximum tension, and I'd be fucking doing my rep. Like, just pull hard enough that your ass doesn't move. Yeah. You know? right. And not, like, try to pull my ass through the seat like I'm shrugging five plates. You know? <laughs> right. Trying to become a little bit, bit more, like, economical with my energy expenditure yeah you know what's you know terrible ron is my my arms are short as shit and uh so there were parts in my career when i was doing really heavy extensions i can't really reach very well for the handle so i used to strap in <laughs> so that i could have a loose hold but it, it wouldn't give I can just imagine people like, look at this fucking idiot strapping into a leg press or a leg yeah. extension. You don't need yeah, those yeah, for yeah. that. You don't need yeah. those. Moron the bench ain't going to move. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one more real easy one here for you, Ron. And I'm doing this because I'm trying to also promote West Coast Iron. Uh, oh, we do, we do okay. get this all the time. We get people asking, uh, where can we purchase the hat, Ron? The West Coast Iron. Oh. Yes, the yeah, West Coast Iron. they can... They can Instagram me. It can DM me on Instagram. I've mailed out a little bit of stuff. I got a few more people I got to get back to right away as soon as Instagram fucking works again. And I'll be mailing out some more stuff this week. But if they want, yeah, they can send me an Instagram DM. Cool. And uh, we're hoping to get the online store up. There was, there's been a few changes to what we wanted to do with the online store. So that's just got delayed a bit, but it's, it is coming. But they can just DM me for now. I'll mail it out. Okay. I got to mail it to Dusty, there. but he's got to send me his new address. You see, I just, when you said that, I thought I was like, shit, I never sent her on that. <laughs> I had a full conversation about that. I hung up and forgot immediately. Yeah. It's yeah, a skill sure. of mine. <laughs> nice, man. Well, that was, uh, that was solid. That goes, I, I like the time that, to, to knock down the Olympia for us there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to be, it's going to be weird not going two years in a row. It's going to be nice to get back to it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you just did so, a, didn't you just do a uh, meet on a mission? By the way, look at me. I'm not letting you hang up. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So we got back on the road. Nice. Season seven. We're just gonna say season six was only two episodes long. <laughs> and uh, we're just gonna go straight to season seven. We thought, do we do season six, episode three, and there'd be like an 18 month break? <laughs> and we thought, ah, nah. We'll just, you know, my body weight won't make sense. The continuity be <laughs> off. Yeah, this can't be you know, real. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, we're, we did season seven, episode one. A uh, good friend of mine, Justin, has uh, a great gym in Regina, Saskatchewan, called Brick House. Mm-hmm. And he also has kind of the number one um, gasp store in Canada. He's got, like, the Gasp Better Bodies store. Um, he's had that for a long, long time. So he's got one in the gym. So it's like a gas better body store, a full supplement store. And then he's got a, a gym just packed full of Arsenal and Prime. And um, it's pretty private gym, you know, like you have to go there and it's like card lock and you have to like meet up with them to buy a membership and all that. So it's, uh, it's a good little spot. And so we thought, well, it'd be great to get back on the road. Probably going to stay in Canada for a few episodes mm-hmm. just to see how things are going. <laughs> yeah and uh and uh, although you know what it's funny uh, a buddy of mine from my gym came in the other day he's in a metal band and uh and and he go and i go hey where have you been and he goes oh we were just on tour huh 
And I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, all, all across the States. No kidding. They'd like, you know, whatever they played, 20, 30 stops. And he's like, yeah, they're just fucking cranking out concerts down there. Who the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we have zero fucks left down here. <laughs> I'm sure you, know, I'm like sure you noticed college football. <laughs> well, we just have 90,000 people right all next to each other. Let's do this shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It, it, it like made me feel good. I was like, oh, a Canadian who just did 30 stops across the States and came back with no hassles. That's yeah. really good news, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm hoping that we're doing that soon, Dusty. Well, you got to remember, too, for you, Ron, as much as you need to get back to the gym, you only know a few hundred people. So if you were struck here for a week or so, you could just pick up the phone and be like, hey, I'm coming over to, like, 100 people. They'd be like, okay. Yeah. See you yeah, soon. Go anywhere. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know what one of my favorite on-the-road things is, Dusty? What's it really this? makes you feel loved. Is when... You know, a, a loyal fan comes up to the booth and gives you some weed. Just, <laughs> nothing makes yeah. a guy feel warmer than some some person comes up and goes, Hey, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Hey, by the way, here. Nice. <laughs> nice. You're like, yeah. By the way, you're my favorite fan of the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the things I miss the most about traveling, buddy. Oh, yes. I, those, are, those are definitely good times. They know that you're in need. You're in a foreign place. <laughs> or or they bring you a teriyaki beef and rice bowl at the booth. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's funny that you just said that because uh, no veggies. Sasan posted up uh, a picture from, I don't know, 2014 or 15, uh, Body Power, and he and his wife brought me my favorite Starbucks when they came in that oh. day. And, I, and, I, so I, and it was funny because I saw the picture. I was going to repost it. I go, Oh, I remember you guys brought me my coffee. He's like, yeah, I've been addicted to him since. So poor guy's got a few dollar day habit because of me. <laughs> That's, you know, it's dangerous, Dusty. It's dangerous to bring you a coffee. What do you drink again? A quad espresso with two yeah. Splendas and a Stevia? How close you is that? trying to make me healthy? Four Splenda, two Sweet and Low. I'm going direct cancer. Four Splenda, two Sweet. <laughs> okay. But I got the quad espresso right. Well, you know what's funny is like half the Starbucks don't even carry Sweet and Low anymore because no one else will have it. It's like apparently right, terrible right. for you. Huh. And I'm like, I use Trent. It's fine. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> so, so, so here's the dangerous part about bringing Dusty a coffee is you bring him a quad espresso, which is what? There's about 80 milligrams per shot. So that's so eight of, times four. So it's about a 300 yeah. milligram, 320 milligram coffee. What are the odds that you haven't already just had one? <laughs> Well, the good news is I'm drinking it either way. It's a long fucking day. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I could it's be like if you have a friend. Like, who, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Double fisting. It's like if you have a friend who's like a total cokehead, you don't give him cocaine. He's already had cocaine <laughs> very recently. <laughs> but you know what the thing is? Is he would still be very grateful if yeah, you brought him still cocaine. Be, <laughs> not in his best interest. <laughs> and put this Red Bull can down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, this is this, amateur hour right here. This goes back to your sleeping disorders. It all comes full circle. <laughs> oh, so I think we're issues. breaking up. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll end it there. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our Olympia rundown where we don't quite get to all the people we want to talk about and we leave a bunch of our friends out and then we realize after that we didn't talk about them. <laughs> and then I worry we're going to get hate mail. It's a, it's a, it's a cycle. 
That's a lot of assuming that our friends actually watch our show, so they don't. We're good. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> that. Well, assuming yeah. that no except, one except sees for Hollingshead and all of them keep tagging us when they do watch it. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. They, our friends yeah. do watch our show. <laughs> well, you know, I and, and uh, you know, it'd be nice if Hollingshead sees this one and hears all the sweet things we said about him, you know. Um, but uh, I assume he's got other things to do this week. What, what would that be? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Got to eat some carbs, probably. Yeah. Okay. Back to human. Okay. Um, like, share, subscribe, comment. I'm not even saying ring anymore. I'm just ring the bell. If you're if okay. you're watching, if you're if you're listening to the show, understand that I rang the bell. Scott can give a sound effect from now on. Ding. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week, and we'll talk about what went down and how right we were. And if any titles change hands at all. Could be exciting. It's a valid point. We'll see. Like it could be a three-peat repeat. Hmm. Like it could be the triple crown repeat for all three of I didn't even think about guys. that. That's wild. And we didn't mention Missy. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention. Well. Oh, well, Missy's going to win. Okay. So there's yeah, that. Did. There's that. This is gonna win. This is gonna win an Olympia. There you go. Glad we got that? that out of the way. I forgot. I thought that was a given. My bad. Missy, yeah. Missy could come out and do the same routine with the same suit. Yeah, I think that you know she, she's actually the most honestly like the the one person that I'm like, well, yeah, I mean she's gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's gonna win. Okay, well we love you, Missy. You know, so that's all we got to say about that. Okay, yeah. everybody, thanks. Until next time, it's just bodybuilding. Mm-hmm.